In order to retire successfully, you'll need vision. You'll also need a plan to execute that vision. Welcome to Retirement Pathfinder with Barbara Lane and Phil Gusky. On today's show, we'll give you the tools you need to navigate unique challenges you'll face in retirement. It's time to chart your financial future. Retirement Pathfinder starts now. Well, hello. Glad to have you on the Retirement Pathfinder. I am Ben George. They're Phil Gusky and Barbara Lane, the Retirement Income Planning Specialists. You'll find them at Pathfinder Wealth Management, serving the Rockford area, and you'll find them online at pathfinderadvisory.com. Barbara and Phil, good to talk to you again. How's everything going? Good. Hey, spring is right around the corner. One of these days. <laughs> one of these days. You just get no teased, with, one of these teased with it a little bit, right? A little touch of weather, and then it gets cold again. It does. It, you know, considering... Of the official uh, spring was what March twentieth, so we're we're kind of slow over here. Seventies <laughs> today though, and then uh, back down to the forties, so not not quite catching up to the fact that it's spring. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I love it. What so, else is going uh, well, on with you guys? Well, I wanted to just mention to uh, you, Ben, and then also our listeners that we have a taxes and retirement class coming up. That's this next Monday and Thursday, and that is at the local community college, Rock Valley College at the Woodward Technology Center is where it'll be located. And that's at 11 o'clock a.m. both days. So again, taxes and retirement. If you are nearing retirement or if you have retired, you need to be at this class. That is a great class. I know you'll you'll teach classes throughout the year, you know, from time to time. So if you ever want to get more information, if you do miss this one for whatever reason, and you want to find out what's coming up next, uh, you can always get in touch with Barbara and Phil using pathfinderchat.com. You can schedule a meeting there, but you can also call them too. If you just want to find out, Hey, what classes do you have coming up next? Or even more information on this class, you can do so at 815-399-9806. I know you, you both enjoy teaching those classes, right? We do. We yeah, enjoy yeah, that's really part of our, our particular approach to the public, Ben, is uh, we're all about education, financial education here, because, you know, to be forewarned, uh, forearmed is to be forewarned, as they say. And that's uh, that's certainly in the in the role of, of educating people about finances. Yeah, we we seem to get uh, a lot of people coming to these classes and, spe- and, and not necessarily people that are preparing for retirement. A lot of people that are in retirement. Yes. They just, you know, mm-hmm. it's a hot topic because. Everybody knows taxes are going up. So the question is, is there something you can do about paying taxes at a lower rate now? And the answer to that is yes. That's a good thing. And so you want to take advantage of that as possible. Uh, So again, you can call directly if you want to find out more. 815-399-9806. I know a lot of questions that you also get from retirees come in the form of housing questions. So we want to uh, address some of these today because it is such an important topic for a lot of retirees because it's the biggest asset that most of us will own or manage in our lifetime. So we want to make sure we get that part of the financial equation correct. We want to make sure you know that we, we lay this thing out. So we want to answer as many questions as we can today. Some key ones I know that y'all hear a lot that I think will help out a lot of people uh, on this episode. So that is the goal today. So I want to start off with interest rates. We're starting to see them creep back up again. Um, as we've been dealing with inflation this year and a lot of other things happening. But when we back out and look big picture, right, rates are still low. So the question I'm sure you get a lot is, should I go ahead and pay off the house as quickly, quickly as possible or just keep paying as little as possible with these low rates? That's a question I get a lot, Ben. People mm-hmm. ask uh, all the time, you know, should we go ahead and pay off the mortgage? It depends on how long you've had the mortgage, of course. Most people, if they're in the later part of their mortgage, are paying mostly principal back, so it probably doesn't make a lot of sense to do that. But overall, does it make sense to pay off the mortgage in this low-interest environment? My answer is no. 
it doesn't make sense to do that. Um, our advice is to keep making the scheduled payments provided uh, you have financed or refinanced at a lower rate. Now, this sounds like common sense, Ben, but there are many who think that it's wrong to hold any type of debt at all, regardless of the interest rate. If you happen to fall into this group, you know we're not going to try to convince you otherwise. We're, we're going to say, do what you feel you should do. But for those of us who are comfortable with holding a mortgage, it makes sense to use OPM. Uh, ben, do you know what OPM is? I was just thinking through that. I'm not sure. Other people's money, right. <laughs> other people's money uh, in a low interest situation like we're in, the borrower, is, the borrower is paying what we call cheap money. And it's cheap because it's just as if they were shopping for a bargain. So like any other bargain that they'd shop for, you know, anything they would save would be money in their pocket. But the biggest advantage of using OPM is not try, tying up your principal in a low or non-appreciating asset such as a house. And we always tell people that money that you have on the side, that's your money machine. That's going to produce money for you in the future. So the question is, will your house really produce money for you or additional income? No, because you have to live someplace unless you decide to sell off and move to an apartment. By not tying up the money, you are free to continue investing it and earning what we call arbitrage. Mm -hmm. Arbitrage is the difference between what you are paying for the mortgage and interest and what interest or return you are making on your other investments. So let's say that you're paying two and a half to 3% interest on your mortgage, but making on the average four to 6%. That's profit that you are acquiring by using other people's money. And by the way, a lot of people don't realize this, but uh, banks use arbitrage successfully all the time. <laughs> and uh, I call this bypassing the middleman. So if you go to where the banks are making their money, that would be a wise thing to do. And so according to bankregdata.com, the average return nationally for all banks in 2021 was, get this, 10.5%. Hmm. And we get a whopping point zero zero zero. Yes. And we're happy about that too. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I, I agree with you, Phil. It's a personal decision, but real estate can drop after you pay off the mortgage also. Sure. Mm-hmm. And sadly, the math does tell us it's almost always better to invest in other places than in your mortgage. But in the end, if a mortgage gives you peace of mind, you can't put a price tag on that. Yeah, absolutely. If you wake up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat saying, I don't care what Phil or Barb say, we're going to yep. go ahead and pay off the mortgage, please do, do so. Absolutely. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with not having that debt, right? That's, that's mm-hmm. You're definitely going to feel good about having that paid off, but you might be more advantageous to keep that debt and invest right, somewhere else. Right, right. So. E- economically, you know, from a financial standpoint, it, sure. it does mathematically, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you can't really equate that to people's Peace of mind. Peace of mind or the way they feel about it morally. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. All right, here's another one. Um, The home equity line of credit. Is this a good place to borrow money for people that have big purchases coming up, like maybe home upgrades, maybe they want to buy a new car, or in retirement, you face a lot of large medical bills oftentimes. Do you think it's smart to pull from that home equity line? Well, the the answer to that one is it all depends. Uh, We would not uh, recommend home equity lines of credit for consumer or consumable items such as budgetary items. Uh, You're just digging yourself a deeper hole if you use it for that purpose or for what we term non-appreciable assets, as we talked about, such as cars, boats, or motorhomes. After you purchase those items, uh, there is a huge depreciation factor. And once they've run through their useful life, of course, and you sell them, Uh, they're not going to have enough money there to uh, pay that outstanding loan. Another danger in the area of use of uh, equity lines of credit is loaning funds uh, to family members. Mm -hmm. This is a biggie. And we've seen this happen many times. 
where maybe uh, the parents want to help out kids or kids come to the parents and the only way they can really get the money that they need is through a, a home equity loan. Well, this arrangement is as hazardous as becoming a co-signer on a note that goes into default. If it happens, then there's a possibility that the home could go into foreclosure. Now, I remember when we first got married, Barb, uh, my wife and I uh, had this wonderful wedding that my in-laws put on. What I didn't know is that my father-in-law took out a home equity loan against the house mm. to pay for that marriage, pay for the wedding. And it was a beautiful wedding. Uh, I don't know how they paid for it. I assume they paid for it in cash, but no, they had borrowed the money to do it. And that set them behind years in their retirement planning. And uh, it was unfortunate. I wish they hadn't have done that, but that's kind of the way it went. A good use of an equity line we'd recommend would be for needed home improvements. Uh, Maybe you need a roof, a new furnace, whatever you need as far as improving the value of the home would be worthwhile provided you could handle the monthly payments. The other way to do it is to uh, use a bridge loan. You could use a home equity loan for a bridge loan. And that's where you uh, acquire a new home, but you don't have the time or you haven't sold your house over, uh, you haven't sold your house yet. So it's in really an anticipation to uh, taking care of paying for a new home using an existing amount of equity in your own home. It's called a bridge loan. And that's uh, certainly a worthwhile thing to use for, uh, for, a legitimate purpose we think that will be paid back once the old home is sold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I said a good idea since rates are usually low. If uh, if it's for home improvements, um, consolidating debt to have a lower interest rate, but it's bad if you're just shifting debt around and not no, getting rid of right, it. Right, right. Um, I wouldn't use it to buy a car since it's that's a depreciating asset. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know. And then, last but not least, I would say have a decent balance for an emergency fund because if you do have that, you may not have to tap that home equity line of credit at all. Right. It's better than keeping $50,000 in a shoebox under the bed. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) definitely. All right. That's a good question. All right. A couple more here. We're talking about some common housing questions that they hear from retirees over at Pathfinder Wealth Management. Um, Going going down the estate planning route a little bit and thinking about what to do with that house that maybe you want to pass along to your kids. Oftentimes the question comes up, yeah, should I sign my house over to my kids? so that they can't force the sale of it down the road in order to pay for nursing home costs if I end up needing care. We have that question asked of us a lot. Ben. Oh, yes. yes. And, uh, th- so the answer to that is, is it a good idea? No. And I'm going to give you four reasons why it's not. Well, first of all, your cost basis then becomes theirs, and they will have capital gains taxes when they sell unless they live in it for two years. Currently, upon death, they receive the date of death value, and there is no gain if they turned around and sold it right away. Secondly, we don't recommend it because your kids now own the home, which means if they have financial issues or if they're sued or if your relationship goes south, which does happen once in a while, it could end up that you have to move because you no longer control that asset. You gave it away. Third, a safer way is to put the home in an irrevocable trust, not a revocable, but an irrevocable. An irrevocable trust can be set up to where after five years, the state can't attach a lien for recovery and that's now considered a non-countable asset for Medicaid purposes. Once it's set up, it can't be changed. Keep in mind that there are they are state-specific regarding rules uh, around Medicaid. Um, so it is a joint federally and state-run program, but states do have their own uh, different set of rules. And you want to set this up with an estate planning attorney. Fourth, and last but not least, uh, if you qualify, seek long-term care protection with a policy that will pay for your care for maybe between two and six years. Some don't like to talk about long-term care, but it is essentially an insurance policy on your estate value. 
Yes, we have successfully used the technique of, of having the irrevocable trust in place for the house, Barb, you know, over the years. And uh, that yeah, has that has lot. protected. Yeah, that has protected the home. And in Illinois, it's still possible to do that. So that's some that's a legitimate route to be able to use that particular trust to protect the house from the dreaded nursing home spend down. Yeah. Yeah, that is a, a tough situation for a lot of people to consider and work through. But again, that's why you lean on your retirement income planning specialist to help you out with that. But estate planning is such a key part of the overall puzzle. All right. Uh, got one more for you. Reverse mortgages. Uh, are they a good or bad idea? So I guess let's start with just kind of quickly explaining what a reverse mortgage is, then whether or not we should use them. So a reverse mortgage is basically taking out a mortgage on the value of your home, and it does not have to be paid back until you move or until you um, pass away. So let me just talk about some of the good reasons why it, may be, why it may make sense for you to have a reverse mortgage. It can be a valuable tool in a retirement income plan. Uh, it used to be considered as high cost and last resort options only. But I want you to start thinking about uh, everything in your household that you have available to fund retirement, not just the financial pro uh, portfolio. Um, I follow uh, uh, Dr. Wade Fowle, that's spelled P-F-A-U, on reverse mortgages, and it's his research and knowledge that has me looking at reverse mortgages in a different way. So let's talk about a couple of things here. There's been an effort in public policy to eliminate some of the past problems. The HECM program, we call it the HECM program, that's where 90% of uh, reverse mortgages are ran through, and that's through HUD and the FHA. So they put a lot of protections in place over the years, and you actually have to sign off on a class now to, so you know that every, every uh, penny that you're going to be paying for this reverse mortgage, is uh, you, you, you know about it before you uh, agree to it. So to start, a common misconception is that you lose your home, and that was never the case. It's never turned over to the bank. And then high costs were the other big issue, but now it is now possible to get a reverse mortgage set up for much less than in the past. Uh, you only need to have one borrower that's age 62 or older. It used to be both. So what would be some of the uses uh, for a reverse mortgage? Well, you could pay off a mortgage. Um, you're not required to make payments on the loan, and you can, but you're not, you're not required to until, until you leave the home or it's sold. Do you have to pay it back? You could fund home renovations to allow for aging in place. You could purchase a new home. If you had a mortgage, that would have to be paid off, but you could purchase a new home. And what I want to just mention briefly are portfolio coordination for retirement spending. So I'm going to talk about four ways to access a reverse mortgage fund, reverse mortgage funds. Number one, a lump sum at closing is what you could have. Secondly, you could have what's called tenure payments, which is like an annuity, but only as long as you're in the home, not as long as you live. Third, term payments for a period of time, let's say maybe 10 years. And the most brilliant option is to open up a line of credit. It's the only retirement income strategy that benefits from lower interest rates. Because it's a present value calculation, lower rates mean a higher present value or a higher percentage of the home's value that can be borrowed. The key here with the line of credit is to open it up now at age 62. Well, what if you open up but you don't borrow? The amount of credit you subsequently will have grows over time that the loan balance would have grown. It's always going to be the case that if you open up the line of credit early, you'll have more credit available than waiting until later. After opening the line at, at 62, let's say at age 87, the line of credit can actually be bigger than the value of the home. That's where the value of the non-recourse loan comes into play. I think this is a beautiful strategy, actually. The amount due is never going to be larger than the value of the home. So here's the key to this whole strategy. 
If somebody waited until age 87, they're getting a windfall if they take from the line of credit in excess of the value of the home. So the moral of the story may be open the line of credit, but do it early. The longer you wait, the less time for growth on the line. So we have some good news for our listeners. We have a surprise, a special guest on our next podcast, and he is a reverse mortgage specialist. He's going to talk about all the good, the bad, the changes over the years. And quite frankly, that's all that he has time to do is reverse mortgages. But he will be with us next episode. So you don't want to miss that. I can remember, Barb, when uh, these reverse mortgages came out over 20 years ago, people were very skeptical about those. But you know, today it's become mainstream. You see people like Tom Selleck get on TV and advertise. Sure. Uh, you know, reverse mortgages. And so, you know, his particular mantra is, hey, I've been around this rodeo before, so you know, you can trust me. And I, I think there's a lot of value in what he's saying there. A lot of people have used the reverse mortgage to their benefit. Uh, maybe they didn't plan for retirement as adequately as they should have. And so this is going to be one way of redeeming that equity in their home. Yeah, originally they were high cost. They were, you know, people, yes. Yeah. yeah. So that was always a deterrent as well. And and just some of the misconceptions, like thinking that people are giving up the title of their home mm-hmm. when they're not. Yeah, we we would recommend if people have a an interest in learning about uh, reverse mortgages, give us a call here and we can certainly answer some basic questions about it. But like Barb says, we will have the expert here in the near future. So make sure you subscribe to the show if you haven't already done that. So you don't want to miss out on the conversation and other conversations we have down the road. You can find us on whatever podcasting platform you're listening on. Just hit subscribe and you'll never miss out on a single show. But that should be a good conversation coming up and you don't want to miss that. All right, we'll close it out on that note. Uh, A lot of good, important housing questions. And again, this is such a big part of your portfolio, at least the portfolio of the majority of people, such a big asset for them that you want to get it right. You You want to handle it properly. And there's a lot of questions that go around it. So if you have anything beyond what we discussed today or just want some more clarity or discuss further the topics that we cover today, you can always... Schedule a meeting with Barbara or Phil just by going to pathfinderchat.com. Very simple, pathfinderchat.com. But if you want to call them directly, you can do so as well. 815-399-9806. All right, Barbara and Phil, good stuff as always. And again, I encourage everyone to get in touch with you to find out more about your classes coming up as well. So I know you guys both enjoy that. Yep, see you next time. Yeah, thank you, Ben. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.